get a wrong note there? Yeah, you got to have to repeat yourself there, mate. G'day. G'day. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Welcome back. Uh, how are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah, getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, it's been nice this week, actually, going back to work. Um, I don't say it every time, but after having you home for the unexpected extra week in there, it was um, actually really, really nice for our fam to get back into routine, um, back into eating better and um, not so much holiday and just wing it mood. It was back into Bit of structure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You getting back to your workouts? Yes. Squats for days. Squats and yeah, I mean the kids have been heaps fun with that. But <laughs> um yeah, getting back into workouts and obviously yeah, like I said, eating better and less less shitty foods. Um obviously not drinking. Yes. Uh, one week of dry July. Uh, we're about to hit the pause button, but we don't need to go into that. That's fine. Um, <laughs> we're hitting the pause button for um, personal choices to go out and um, do a couple of events that we had planned well prior to choosing to do dry July. So, um, you know, we don't get to go out all the time. So we're staying true to that and making the choice to have a bit of fun and then, yep. you know, doing dry July for the rest of it, choosing to be more mindful of health and um, money as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're hitting the pause button because these events were already in place. Yep. Um, for good friends as well, very good friends and family. So, yeah, so that's – They're important to us. That's us and it feels good to, you know, go into those couple of events being, you know – quite a few days weeks um not having anything to drink as well so that's nice what about you how are you going one one week of dry july yeah getting the shakes getting withdrawal (laughs) symptoms (laughs) (laughs) but um it's been really good sort of waking up every day not not feel like even when you have the have you noticed after even having one or two drinks the next morning you can still feel that you had something the night before Uh, not so much. Like, I mean, I drink wine and sometimes if I just have one glass of red, that doesn't really... Yeah. No? No, I find, yeah, if I have like two or three, like just the next morning, my head's just just feels a little bit cloudy. Like, Do you think maybe... that's something to do with the fact that you have an allergy to beer? <laughs> do not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But we don't need to talk about that ever. <laughs> uh, but no, it's been good. It's, yeah, getting back into the swing of things. It was, um, it's always hard coming back after... Sort of that amount of time off because you feel like everyone's got the one up on you and got a step ahead, and because our workplace, like work area, is always changing. So yeah, and you don't, and you don't feel like that's different. Well, you do feel like it's different in comparison to just your normal break. No, because yeah, everyone's on the same page after a normal break. Whereas, yeah. yeah, this extra week offs. Yeah, throw me a bit behind, but a couple of days and we're sort of back into it. So yeah, that's good. No, it was good. It was good seeing everyone as well and um, catching up with everyone. So, not drinking, no workouts though. I've been lazy. Yeah. Um, just no motivation. I've always said the hardest part's getting out of my room and I just couldn't do that. Um, you got out for a couple of walks. A couple so. of walks. And, yeah, I was busy editing these podcasts and um, did a bit of reading, found a couple of new sort of podcasts 
building. Yeah, we're both feeding off each other in yeah. our podcast at the moment, which is a first for us because um, I know we I, we do this podcast, but I'm well behind on the actual listening front to podcasts. Yeah, the podcast culture sort of just got you introduced to that. So, yeah, yeah we found this one um, that will probably actually cover a fair bit in the next episode we'll talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. But this episode, um, we were just discussing the other day of sort of what topic we're going to talk about this week. And Kayla came up with the idea. Um, she reminded me of... Um, this little diary or a journal that she used to do when um, Ted was sort of just born. Yeah. Now, just to state a few facts here, I'm not a journaler or a diary person. I never did it growing up. I wasn't that person that did it morning or night. Um, some people swear by it. They have a set time, even like they won't do it every day, but they'll do it once a week and stuff like that. That's not me. Um but I definitely found after having Ted, something just drew me to wanting to write my thoughts down. Yep. Um, I've said to Boyd a few times that something after Ted was just different in me. Um, I can't pinpoint exactly the reason, whether it was sleep deprivation or um, just the fact that I had two kids now or, or any of it, like all of it combined, hormones, they all change differently after different kids or different times of the year, everything. You can go so in-depth with why people feel the way they do. Um, but definitely after Ted, I felt a very low at a very low point mentally. Um, I just felt torn into every single direction and nothing was left for myself ever anymore and even you know I'd go and wash my hair and I'd quickly quickly go and do it and that didn't feel good anymore that just felt like nothing or like another job that I had to do and so yeah I guess um we worked out the dates that I probably started when Ted was about two weeks old um and I only went I only really did it for about six months. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I sort of looked through it and, yeah, your last one was about at, at the six-month yeah. mark. So. and I think that's probably when I got back into really just being able to talk freely to Boyd about everything. Obviously, I wasn't feeling anywhere near as low, and so the things that I was thinking or saying didn't seem so extreme or so stabby yeah. or so aggressive or anything like that. They were just conversations, whereas at that point – I think if I had have said it out loud, it almost would have exploded out of me. Yeah. Um, but so it, yeah. It's, it was a good outlet for you to get it out in the open without actually um, feeling pressured to talk to anyone about it. Yeah, and yeah. it was – yeah, I should also state that this was something that I didn't intend on necessarily sharing. I wrote it just for me, just to express how I was feeling or just to get it out of my own head. Um, I've said a few times I have quite a loud internal dialogue and I get very invested in my own thoughts and conversations with myself. Um, And it was just a really good way to put it down and kind of almost not wipe it from my brain because, you know, most females in particular would know that you can't just wipe those things and, and, you know, you get into those anxious states and you can't just wipe it but it definitely gave it an outlet that I could 
kind of let it slip away and let the rest of life kind of continue and it wasn't completely eating me up anymore and it would just it it was already said kind of thing like i got it it out as a healthy way to get it out yeah like even feeling as low as you did at the time yeah and like when i say i felt low i didn't feel i don't i don't know i just felt like i wasn't a person or or like myself i was just all these people for everyone else but there was really nothing left of me in those first few months um and I think obviously having a cesarean and being so limited in physical capabilities for a really long time and Teddy's Teddy's cesarean recovery was a lot slower it was a lot more painful and I had a two-year-old um so I think all those things add up yeah, so I never intended for anyone to read this. I did it all for myself. And then a little while ago, I did let Boyd read a couple. I was kind of strategic about what I did show you, yep. but I did let you read a couple and you and to kind of give you an insight of where I was at and where I was coming out of. But, yeah, I just kind of thought, why don't we discuss some of these? Why don't you reread them, yep. have a look through, and let's talk about them. So I have no idea what Boyd's picked here. Um, but we're going to see what he's taken from these. I also haven't reread them, so we're both kind of going to just chat about what he has taken from these, and they're not all word for word or anything like that. They're just snippets um, of what has really kind of grabbed his attention from what I've written down. So So, here we go. Yeah, the first one sort of just over two weeks uh, yeah, Ted was just two weeks old, so this was on the 18th of May, 2020. So you've pretty much, yeah, you've said that I do things differently. So you show me how to do something and um, yet again, I still dif- do it differently, even though the result's the same at the end. You've put the example here of me putting on nappies with Teddy. So you've watched me change nappies and, it's, um, and it frustrates you because you do it a different way than I do. And even when you try to make little pointers and help, that leads to me getting frustrated at you because yeah. I've done it a million times with Scarlet before. I can I can do it again now. And then I get frustrated because we've said before it's a pride thing and you yeah. know, I, I can do this, but like, you can do it by yourself. Why can't I do it by myself? Mm. So that leads to that. And then you get to the point where you sort of go, help when you can. What do you say? Help when you can and let him be a dad and learn just like you do in all other occasions. As much as your controlling and planned personality will allow. <laughs> we'll stab at yourself there. <laughs> yeah, I think a big thing for me there was I do remember the moment. I remember multiple times you being frustrated at changing a nappy and me coming and trying to help and it almost coming across, well, from what from your personality or person's place, you, it was obviously coming across as me stabbing at you or I can do it better or whatever. I think it was just like what you don't think you don't think I can do this. That's maybe yeah. yeah. Um and and my whole thought was I'm just trying to help you. Yeah. I'm you know, this tip or this trick will help in this situation. And it wasn't coming out in that way in terms of when I was talking to you, you were super frustrated and I was probably just trying to get Ted to stop screaming yeah. at the time. And so I just, I guess I wrote that to say to myself, just leave it. Don't yeah. walk in that room. D- 
just let it happen unless you really need the yeah. help because yeah. eventually that nappy is going to go on. Yeah. Um, eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually. So I guess that that was just a thing for myself to say, you know, yeah. you are trying to help but it's not being perceived that way. So take a step back and let it happen. Yeah. So this first couple of ones, it, it my vibe is I'm just getting that, it's sort of mostly observational, so you're not really feeling the mental load yet. We've just had a newborn. We're just cruising into it, getting used to having two kids in the same house. So, a lot of this stuff's just observational. So, the next one's um, cleaning and that husbands don't see the mess the same way wives do. I don't know why you went really quiet saying that. It's- <laughs> because, because I get myself in trouble. <laughs> it's a very... Um- it's still ongoing today with us. I think it's very public knowledge that most uh, women at home will be like, what the fuck? How did you think that was clean? Yeah. Um, or that you just walk over mess yeah. three days in a row and not see it. Yeah. And I don't think we need to go too much into this one because we've talked about it multiple times <laughs> in previous episodes. But, yeah, in the last sentence, you're like, he just doesn't send mess the same way I do, and it definitely does not fester in his mind when he's trying to sleep. <laughs> yes, I will sit there. And I think at that point, too, I was waking. I had a newborn, so I'm waking through the night or getting up and down and seeing all this mess yeah. that I physically still can't clean yeah. or still can't do anything. And I'm like, why can't you see this? Yeah. Why can't you do this? Okay, next one. All right, so the next one. Um I actually read this whole one out because there's a bit to it, but... The whole one? Yep. Okay. So, oh, it's going to make me sound weak. I have, to, I have to say my boobs. Do you want to read it or do you want me to? Do you want me to read it? Yeah, you can read it. Yeah, okay. from your point of view. Oh, God. I don't even know what we're reading here, but let's see. All right. Okay. Today, I cleaned the blinds. Teddy is three weeks old. I can't remember when I last washed my hair. Alone time is next to none. My boobs ache and I'm somewhere lost between a one-year-old, a newborn, a C-section recovery, a husband who's unused unused to the toddler's everyday tantrums, mess and learning. But today I clean the kitchen blinds. They are far from perfect, but finally something in the house is somewhat clean and I did it. The weather is dismal and I've been locked inside for I think it's nine weeks now. Scarlet has been amazing, but gosh, the days are tedious. Are a tedious rotation of the same five movies, games, and outings, which have so far included one failed trip to Bunnings for me. Oh, yeah, and Scarlet has the luxury of venturing a little further to the odd trip to Woolies with Dad. I never felt I completely lost myself after S. I remember forcing myself out at about five weeks for coffee and found myself easier and happier from there. But right now, after so long isolated with only a one-year-old to talk to, then bringing in a newborn, I feel like an invalid feeding machine. I find myself spreading any ounce of energy I have split into every direction I can. And not only do I have nothing left for myself, I feel I am failing at even giving my attention and energy. My house is disgusting. My toddler is upset with me. My newborn is crying. My fridge is empty. And my husband hasn't had a kiss since Teddy was born. I have nothing left to give and yet feel I have given nothing. But today I did something. I may look like shit. I may feel like I am failing multiple times a day and I may feel like a hamster running on a wheel or as I described to my sister yesterday, Rapunzel locked in a tower. Yes, Tangled is one of our movies on replay throughout this lockdown and honestly, I'm not disappointed at that. 
Anyway, today I got on a chair and scrubbed my kitchen blinds and feel like I have finally done something. Wow, that's deep. How does that make you feel reading that now? Oh, it makes me a bit sad. It brings back a lot of emotion, actually. Um, I forgot how bad I was feeling, to be honest. It kind of escapes you when you do kind of, and I guess because you're just on this constant get up, keep going for these two little humans that you created that have zero understanding of how you might be feeling. Um, I guess, yeah, I really, I really, maybe I didn't realize how bad I was feeling, but I knew that I needed to write it down. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I didn't realize writing that how maybe bad I felt. Yeah. Well, like, you know, it just shows how, how far you've come mentally since that stage. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty dead. And that was that was peak COVID as well. Obviously, you talk about the lockdown and how you're sort of shut inside. Yeah. And obviously, we didn't know too much about it, so it was risky taking Teddy out of the house. Well, I'd, I'd been put on maternity leave early. Yeah. And then it was very much a, um, I was a high risk at that point. Like that's hard. Yeah. I was I was seven and a half. Eight, oh, I was eight months pregnant, and that was like if you're pregnant, you're high risk. If your children, no, this is this is after Teddy was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like I was oh, when, yeah. I was locked inside for a really long time. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and because my work ended early, um, and then it was like don't take a toddler or don't take family yeah. to the shops. And if you're pregnant, you're a higher risk. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm pregnant and I have a toddler. And you were kind of like, okay, well, I guess you don't go to the shops anymore. Yeah. I guess you don't do anything. And then we really did get locked down to the point where we weren't allowed to visit family and friends. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when Teddy was born, we weren't allowed to take him anywhere. No one was allowed to come into our house. We were still very much, you don't go into someone else's house and, and not, you don't go. You yep. legally are not allowed to yep. go into someone else's house. And this is this is at a point where, in an ideal life, you'd have friends and family coming over every day, like or as much as you'd feel comfortable yeah. with. You'd have friends and family coming over today, meeting your new newborn, and this just stopped all of that. We weren't allowed to see friends. We weren't allowed. We were allowed to see minimal family. And even like Scarlet couldn't go and be looked after yep. by someone else and give us a break at all. Just or, with Teddy by herself, yeah. yep. It, it's just been... There well, was no childcare. No. Um, like, Scarlett had been going to childcare for over a year, so she had lost that outlet. So, and we, yeah, we didn't really get that one-on-one bond or, you know, one-on-one bonding time with Teddy without Scarlett in the house. So. I think it's just something that, yeah, like, in ideal times, you know, yeah, you do send your two-year-old or your older child off to go play with their nan or um, other family or they go off to childcare and you get to handle other things. But we really didn't have that element and we'd been locked inside for weeks prior. So it was just a big build-up. And I, I, there's no doubt that that definitely affected me being worse off mentally. Yeah. Definitely. How do you feel me reading that? Yeah, like just hearing you read, like when I was reading it earlier, obviously I didn't get that sort of, um, like it was deep obviously, but didn't get that emotion out of it. But hearing you actually say it, I don't know the word to describe it. But does it like, 
does it mean that I hit it really well or I think you did, yeah. Yeah, because I obviously you like legally you were like I said, you were high risk. You weren't allowed to do this stuff. Whereas at least me going down to the shops for half an hour just mm-hmm. to get our basic essentials, that was me getting out and stretching the legs and going for a walk and yeah. seeing something other than the inside four walls of our house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing out of that one is, well, like you've opened and closed it with the same sentence. Today I cleaned the blinds. Yeah. So, I don't know, um, a lot of people going through like deep um, mental health issues, that's, that can be a massive goal for them is just no matter how shit their day has been, just getting up and doing one doing thing. that one thing. And I remember when I and was- And that's the positive that you've taken out of this is, well, you know, I look like shit, I feel like shit. Um, I, I just feel like, like a lot of, a lot of mums I've read have said this, they just feel like an invalid feeding machine. Yeah. But you've still managed to get yourself up and do this one thing to make yourself feel better about yourself. I remember when I was doing the blinds and obviously I'm only three weeks out of a C-section at this point and I'm standing on the kitchen chair and I remember you coming over and trying to clean like be yeah. like i'll do it don't worry yeah and i remember actually being like i need to do this yeah i yeah. need to do this right now of course so yeah so yeah that was pretty big um <laughs> i need to get my word count up so i'll actually read this next one as well <laughs> so this is when teddy uh what's this a month old now so teddy is asleep scarlet is asleep boyd wanted to play playstation with mates and i've ended up with some quiet alone time i don't have a baby on my boob or a toddler asking for snacks or me to hold a wooden orange. Boyd is talking to someone other than myself and I'm finally in the comfort of myself. Teddy is stirring and this could have lasted a whole of five minutes, but it was a nice five minutes. 30 minutes later and I'm still enjoying some nice, very nice me time. I have not rushed to squeeze in all me time necessities such as a face mask, nails, shave legs and the rest. Some complete downtime was what was needed tonight. So, obviously, you're writing that on the go because, yeah. yeah. Just that 30 minutes to yourself. Yeah. I remember thinking at the time, fuck, I should have done all those things. I should have had a shower, shaved my legs, Mm. done a face mask. Who knows when I'm going to get 30 minutes again. And I remember being like really like starting to get a bit annoyed at myself that I didn't do that. And then I was like, you know what? I didn't rush to do that. And that's good. I yeah. sat and I just relaxed for yep. 30 minutes. And, yeah, maybe I was slightly on edge prepared for Teddy to wake up. But I remember being like, you know what? You didn't rush to do all those things that wouldn't have been relaxing and you probably might have woken up Teddy. You just mm. had 30 minutes. Um, and I think it was, yeah, just kind of writing it down made me really click in my head. Don't be disappointed that you didn't do yeah. something in that time. Yeah. So that, yeah, a little bit of me time after, well, probably your first bit of me time since having Teddy. Yeah, I think that was, yeah. Yep. yep. Um, so the next one is sort of you start to see the physical sort of side of it. So wanting your body back. So you say you're, pretty, you're amazed at what your body has done twice with both the kids. But obviously, yeah, for any any mother, you're looking at your... You lose tummy, you see your legs look like tree trunks, stretch marks, and just nothing feels fit or strong. 
Mm. Can you remember feeling like that? Definitely. I still feel like that in ways. Um, You know, any person that's had a, who has a cesarean scar will know that um, that feeling on top of the scar and that skin never, never sits the same. Um, I am, you know, I have been dedicated enough that I've got it to a place where a lot of mums don't um, or physically can't. Um, Some bodies don't return up like that. I'm I'm lucky that I'm quite young, but, like, I still have loose skin because your body has stretched so much being pregnant and when you cut it and then rejoin it, that loose skin that isn't loose when they rejoin it, it always has an element of overhang. And for me... That, you know, I'll never lose that feeling of it's not quite the same. Yeah. Are you at the point now, like, where you just embrace it, though? Yeah, 100%. But in saying that, you know, after three weeks last um, break um, of so much up and down of planning and stuff and really losing structure and getting, getting some workouts and stuff like that, that's when I start to pull myself apart again and go, oh, you did all that hard work or you've had babies and then you just let it flop again. And it's just a mental rotation of, um, I guess, a a bad, you know, I have a bad history of body image and hating myself in the past. Um, And it never goes away. You just have to learn how to, I guess, try to talk nicer to yourself and that's what I try to do I try to I'll say mean things to myself or I'll hate myself and then I'll be like you need to be nicer you need to be a better person to yourself yep um yeah because you also go on to say you're not you're not in maternity clothes but none of your other clothes fit oh that is the worst time or that they're too snug that they make you feel uncomfortable with your scar honestly that is the worst time. And I think we've spoken about a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about going to the football and then me not going. Yeah. That was pretty much in that time where I couldn't wear maternity clothes anymore, but nothing else fit properly. And I was still not able to do enough to really like warrant getting fitter. Yeah. But yeah, I worst time. Worst is, time. Yeah, because you're sort of at that point where there's not, you're either going to hurt yourself or there's not any point. Yeah, but I think there's also there's this major thing with bouncing back and it's all over social media and it's everywhere. And I wish I had the balls or I wish I had the body confidence to back then share what it's like to not bounce back and share my fitness journey. And, gosh, if we have another baby, I... I'm going to hold myself to doing it because it's yep. not out there enough. And you see some mums doing it and some women doing it and it's amazing. And I just, I wish I could have done it because I didn't have, I I had too much self-hate. Yeah, It's not even that I didn't have the balls to do it. I had too much self-hate to be able to be like, this is normal. There's so much out there that's like, oh, the only normal thing is bouncing back. Well, when you look better again, yeah. better, <laughs> I say better, um, 
but that is how I feel about it. Yeah, or in, in your self-image, like you want to bring yourself back or bring yourself to mm. this image that you have of yourself that you see as, you know, fit and But also how society puts it as I've read a few things re- recently, <laughs> but it's like, oh, you're so beautiful when you're nine months pregnant and all this and everyone's like, oh, baby, baby, baby. And then- when you don't bounce back, everyone's like, oh, she's still carrying baby weight. Yeah, Ooh, that's tough. How's she going? Like, you know, I thought she would have bounced back by now. And you're like, oh, like, it's so, it's so hard. And yeah. you, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just this thing that society puts. And, you know, maybe society is getting better, but it's still ingrained in our heads and our brains of what we should be doing and it's all these... And what you should look like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all these people that are boasting about getting straight back to fitness and stuff. And, I mean, I can only speak as two cesareans. Yeah. And you can't. You physically cannot and you're not actually allowed to. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it will... Yeah, you pretty much express how much you can't wait to get back into walking, running and your workouts. Yeah. And I guess when you're at that point, you've just reminded yourself that you've you know, created, you've grown these and raising these two amazing kids that we have. And I think that's what my brain kind of went into like a round and round circle of self-hate and telling myself, you know, you've done this, you've done an amazing thing of bringing these two beautiful kids, you're raising them, you've had cesareans, you can't, you literally last week you were allowed to actually walk and drive a car take a breath you know if you want to get fit start now but you know you're not behind yeah just because you know it's taken you a little bit longer or whatever for whatever reason it does not mean that you're unworthy or that you're less of a person because you know you've still got saggy skin i still have saggy skin and i also have a semi six-pack but I will never lose yeah. that yeah. that skin. That will always be stretched and floppy. And my stretch marks that came with both my kids, they will stay forever. And it's something that I'm loving seeing more and more, but I just want that stigma of get rid of your stretch marks, get rid of your saggy skin, this will work for this. I want that gone because it's so negative and as someone who knows how negative I can speak to myself it was ingrained in my brain those things yeah um and I just I really want to and I also have a daughter I have a daughter who I want to be like this is normal this is fine you know you know love your body for what it is yeah. love yourself for what you I are. have hips I yeah. have saggy you know Bits that are saggy, I have floppy bits, stretch marks, and all of that, and that's fine. Floppy bits. Floppy bits. <laughs> Talk dirty to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can say saggy tits. Yeah, well, well that's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Breastfeeding two kids and multiple up and down of weight loss will do that to you. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Um, which pretty much leads into your next bit. It's around the same time that going on about the just a feeding machine. It was yeah. just an endless cycle of feeding, rocking to sleep, cleaning, entertaining Scarlet, rocking Ted back to sleep again. 
Yeah, that is the cycle. Yeah. There's nothing else in there. There's just that cycle. Um, I I don't know what else is said in this exact entry, but that pretty much was my life for the first three months. You also you also say that you've sort of snapped at me so many times because I get to go for you know a jog every now and then. This is when I was actually sort of still home. Still home, yeah. So no, got, you wouldn't still be home. Uh, no. No, this is this is when I was actually like in the peak of like trying to keep fit. Like oh I, yes, I got myself real fit about this time last year. Um, so I was going for jogs every day, and even just little things like mowing the lawn. Like you'd get jealous and you'd snap at me, and yeah, um, because it's just that five minutes where I don't have the kids. I don't. Well, I'd want you to come home and let me go and mow the lawn or something yep. rather than you'd get home and then you'd be like, sweet, I'm going to go do this job and I'm going to go down the street and do this and I'm going to go for a run. And I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? I've just spent a week home with the kids. No, yeah. I'll go mow the lawn and you can stand inside with but two screaming kids. I like don't you were saying before, you're at this point physically where you definitely shouldn't have been mowing the lawn. Yeah, I could have at this point. Five, five weeks. Oh, maybe not. Okay, no. yeah, maybe not. No. <laughs> Definitely not. Maybe mentally, actually. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make the, that doesn't make the grass any greener. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get. So you physically, but yeah, you can understand the frustration. Like you just want to do something that contributes, other than just feeding a baby. Yeah. 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 I get where we are date wise now. Um, and you even say, and you even say that um, you don't, you didn't think that I quite got it. Which I, which I probably didn't at the time. I don't think you did. I don't think you ever will no. understand it unless you go through the entire nine months of pregnancy, the sleep deprivation, the feeding. Like there's just literally no element you can attempt to and you can listen to everything I say. Yeah. But until you actually endure it, you can never um, – but I think that's part of an understanding, having a level of understanding that goes, I'm never going to understand. Yeah. 100%. Exactly. And that's that's the first point of understanding, I think, is going, I'll never be in your shoes. And yeah. Even, like with all the physical stuff we were talking about that before, like blokes have it so easy in that regard. We don't have to put, we don't have to sacrifice our bodies for mm. these children. At all. It, like, yeah. No, not at all. Exactly. No. But, yeah, I think it's the cycle and, I mean, for anyone who breastfeeds um, at all um, will know the relentlessness. Um, for me, I really struggled. My my milk was um, never really heaps in with Scarlet. I never knew engorgement or anything like that and I know that's a huge struggle yep. with Ted I did um but with Scarlett I never had that struggle I had the struggle of never getting enough milk yep. um and so then for me that is a constant feeding cycle because they're never getting enough and then it's a constant mental game of I don't know how much I'm feeding them I know yes. there's not a lot a yep. lot in there um, and they're screaming at me, when do I bring something else in? And that was a mental game a lot harder with Scarlet yep. that we then eventually had to go, right, we need to do bottles here because there is nothing coming out of these boobs. Yeah. Um, and then with Ted, it was it was different. I got a lot more milk, but then 
I knew when it was fading and yeah. I tried to build it back up, but it just that, you know, it lasted longer, probably double what's, yeah, double what yeah. Scarlet got. Um, but it's, it's a, when you're losing your milk and they're still very young, you literally feed and feed and feed and they yeah. scream and scream and scream. And there is no end to that cycle because they're never getting enough. Yeah, because you get to that point where you know you, you get you get it punched into your brain that over all the media, you know, breast is best, breast is best. But mm. at the end of the day, fed is best. A, a full belly is better than nothing. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And I'm all for trying. Like I, I, I like to. Uh, both my kids have had boob as long as they could. Well, that's the thing. We yeah, we tried it. We attempted it. We you know tried to go as far as we could, but it just wasn't producing what they needed yeah and i think i think that's something that should be accepted and i i I think it's probably very well accepted these days um that fed is best fed is best feeding your child if you know that they're hungry you're not going to feed them an empty bottle if you know that that is what you're serving you're not going to do that no and you know it it definitely shouldn't be something you should be shamed for whether you don't have a choice, sort of like we did. Or if you do choose or, that. Or if you do choose to go formula from the get-go, that's your choice. Like yeah. it's, you sh- It definitely shouldn't be something you should be shamed for. I definitely felt with Scarlett I would explain myself all the time as to why she was having bottles. Yeah. I would go into so much in like storytelling and stuff and people were probably like, I don't care, but it's this, yeah, it's this stigma of why are you doing that? And feeling like I had to explain myself. Whereas with Ted, I was just like, yep, yeah, ran out. He's on He's on formula. <laughs> the tanks are empty. The tanks are empty. They're done. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this next one, I just slept from 11 to 5. Woohoo! That was probably the first time and the only time for that first six, year. <laughs> trust me, six hours sleep straight is a godsend from Teddy. What that doesn't the, happen. What about last night? Last night. What a bloody beauty. I think last night was the first time we classed a sleeping through the night. Oh, my goodness. Teddy it is was 14 months old. Heaven. <laughs> and it's what we know. It was my first, um, was it my first night, uh, first night home after night shift. So I hadn't slept. I hadn't had a nap all day. I'd been up for God knows how many hours. Almost 48 hours? Uh, no, 30, not 30 something. Yeah, anyway, yeah. it was a lot. <laughs> So first sleep, getting home. We chucked Teddy down at six thirty, and I don't think we got out of bed till about eight o'clock. Nah, so, it wasn't eight o'clock. It was about seven thirty. But still, twelve, thirteen hours sleep. Oh, and yeah. we did end up with Scarlett in our bed. Yeah. Um. So we still had one child, but gosh, it was nice. Oh yeah. Let's and see if that much- happens again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, slept from 11 till 5. Um, yeah, that pretty much just sums it up. Just that I got some sleep. That was yeah, nice. Yeah, got some sleep, but you're still sort of, like you mentioned earlier, you're still sort of staying half awake because you're like, oh, when is he going to wake up? When is he going to wake up? Oh, that's been life for yeah. the last year. That's a constant. And, and when they get into a routine of normally waking at like 11, you keep yourself awake because you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to go to sleep at 10 or 10.30 for them to yep. wake up half an hour later. And then they don't wake up and it's midnight and you go, okay, finally I'll go I'll go to sleep. And then they wake up at 1. It's this vicious cycle of never knowing when you're going to wake up. I love, love how you say it here. He hasn't even woken for a feed. I hope he's okay. 
like for Teddy, if you hadn't waken up every hour, we're like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> Whereas Scarlett, she, like, we did it for the first couple of times, but her 12 hour sleeps were a regular thing. Scarlett was good. Yeah. <laughs> If Ted, if Ted could sleep like her from now on, that would be amazing. See, so next one you've written, in 10 years' time, I need to remind myself I'm hugging them as much as possible, I'm kissing them as much as possible and helping them as much as possible. In years to come, I know I'll miss them and I'll crave their need for me and remind myself in years to come that when they needed me, I did what I could. I kissed and hugged and cuddled and watched longingly across the room at them as their brains worked fiercely. I loved them as much as I physically could. Yeah. So that's, I guess, you know, appreciating them at this age. And any any parent of teenagers or older will will tell you, oh, I wish I made more time for them when they were younger. Or, yeah. you know, don't don't wish their don't wish their years away. Yeah. You know, and. You hear so many parents our age with kids the age of ours go, oh, I can't wait till they're this age or I can't Mm. wait till this age. But so nice to read because it's just like just appreciate what we've got at the moment. But I think actually what I'm saying there is that physically, mentally, everything that I can be doing, I am doing. And I think it's actually um, a bit of a dig at everyone saying, you know, don't wish their lives away, don't do yeah, exactly. that. Because physically and mentally right now, this is all I am capable of. I yep. I cannot do more. And I want to remind myself in 10 years' time that you could not have cuddled them or yep. loved them anymore because I know those feelings will creep in. But I also know that they're very much put on you by other people. Yeah. And so, I so- don't – yeah, I don't think anyone – should be saying, oh, don't wish, don't wish the years go past and all of this. It is okay to because some of the things are fucking hard. Yep. And mentally, this is probably, well, you never know the difference. What you're going through right now is your hardest stage. So many people, since I've had two and other people are having their first or whatever, people say comments like, oh, you know, they don't know what it's like to have two and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, right now they are living their hardest part. Yeah. They are living the all hardest of, what they know. All of what they know is the hardest thing for them right now. And it's something that I have been saying pretty much pretty much since Ted, very much in my head that I, I said a few times, oh, I wish I did this more with just Scarlet because it's so much harder now that I have two. Yeah. And it really rang in my head that I went, you know what? When I had just Scarlet, I did what I could because that was the hardest thing that I was going through right then and there. And yeah. now that I have two, I'm going through the hardest thing of having two right now at this age. Yeah. And you will never know different until you are at that point. And I think it's very hard or rude and like uncaring when people, especially the older generation, um, tend to say to people, oh, they don't know what this is like or, you know, they think it's hard now and whatnot. Yep. It is hard for them right now. They are they don't know any different. And yep. how else are they supposed to? They don't know. Yeah, it- but, it, yeah, like, and what you're saying about the older generation, yeah, like you can see from a point, like we've got a lot of luxuries that they don't, but... We've also got a lot of battles that they didn't have to have. Yeah. We've got a lot of struggles that they didn't have to go through. You know, 
prices of everything have gone through the roof. You could buy, a, you know, a decent plot of land. You could buy a farm for, you know, 10, 20 grand. But also, back you can't escape it. Exactly. You can't escape any side of life now. No. We live in a high-driven social media, we live in a internet. Big brother sort of scenario. We're always watched it. Like, you know, you're on. If you're on the internet, you can find anything. But even on the television now, like everything is scrutinized, everything is spoken about, and the media is just driven to be in your head all the time. Yeah. No matter if it's truth or, you know, facts or fiction. Yeah. And I just think everyone is living the life right now that they know is the hardest or the best or whatever. Yeah. But it is. They cannot know more than that. Exactly. Yep. And that, that's right. And, you know, 10 years down the track, we're probably going to go, oh, I wish, I wish we could go back to that toddler stage again. But then we can say, oh, but hey, we did what we could. We did it. We, we did it. And we gave our kids everything that we could when they were yeah. that young. Yeah. So. That's all, that's all I'm taking from, from those comments. And I can't wait to, I almost want to, you know, make sure I read that over yeah. and over. Yep. And keep telling myself, I am. I did everything. Do not regret anything. Do not wish anything from the past. You did what you knew and what you could and you loved them so much. Yeah. And that's something that we're taking on like very recently. Well, not very recently. We've, you know, we've done it for a while, but um, just embracing the moment and living in the present like it's- Yeah. You, yeah, you know what I mean. Yes, if it's it's nice to just be don't dwell on the past and don't worry about the future. Yeah, just kind of go for it and and be really driven to what drives us. Yeah, something I read today, like if you worry, like fear is only future based. So if you fear something in the future or you worry about something in the future, whether it happens or not, if if it doesn't happen, then you're just worrying for nothing. Yeah, if it does happen. You're worrying about it twice. Like you have to go through yeah, the build yeah, up yeah. and then the actual event. So yeah, for sure. We're we're all about yeah, living in the moment, enjoying what we've got as little or as much as that may be. Yeah, and I think being yeah, very um, uh, personally driven into things that are personally, um, you know, what we want to achieve rather than um, what What's someone a, else or, or society. Sh- thinks we should achieve yeah. or puts us into that category of what we what we can achieve. We're trying. We are trying. We, we, we're going to, yeah, we are very much pushing our life that direction. Yeah. So saying that as we take and as we appreciate every moment as it is, <laughs> the 14th of July 2020 was apparently a shit show. <laughs> the headline is today was a shit show. So, are we reading this one or are we taking yeah. snippets? I no, I won't read it. We'll just take snippets. At the end of the day, you do say that it was a good day up until about that four o'clock mark okay. where we do our witching hour. So that's your dinners, your baths. If the kids haven't slept. Then there's tantrums and ah. So you've gone on. You've yelled at both the kids. You've upset them. They're crying. You've got a messy house. You didn't have time to eat. And there's poo in the bath. Oh, there's poo in the bath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait. Which one shat in the bath? Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> Is this uh, when she drank the water? Yeah. She was drinking the water and... <laughs> and I was bathing Ted in a bathtub. 
baby bath on top of the bath and Scarlett was in the bath underneath and there was lots of bubbles and I remember her drinking the water and me being like, Scarlett, don't drink the water. Scarlett, don't drink the water. And then being like, far out, Scarlett, don't. And then I stopped and I was like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) And I looked down and I was like kind of brushing the bubbles away and I was like, fuck, got her out of the bath. Teddy's so young that I can't leave him at all. Um, So then I'm like letting his bath out so that I can handle her out of the bath. While she's still drinking the water. While she's still fucking drinking the water. I'm like, you just, yeah, no. Um, That really was a shit show. I remember it clear as day. It's good. Like it's funny. Like you can laugh about these days now. Like the other stuff that we talked about, like the whole, um, like where you're at your low point and you hated your body and that sort of thing. That's that stuff that you go, oh, you know, that's very unfortunate and it's so bad that you had to go through that. But this stuff you can look back and just laugh at. Oh, it was funny, even like at the time. So just read it from that bit. So. <laughs> okay. So I've. And there she is still fucking drinking the bath water. This led to a spiraling effect of T crying, Teddy crying, Scarlet crying, yelling and shit in my hands. We got there in the end and everyone went to bed happily after some cuddles, a good family home day, shit in the bath and nice bedtime. Can't always (laughs) win them all. Oh, dear. So there's not really much else to talk about that one. That's that's the end of it. That's what it was. (laughs) So you go through that struggle then so we can appreciate it now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got some positivity here. So today I feel like a new woman. And now I'll start reading your journal. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) um, I'll just read it. So now this could be a coincidence and just a boost of energy or better sleep or kids in a better mood, or literally anything. But today, I finally stopped feeding Teddy and settled for him to have all bottles of formula. So, uh, we've already talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. But it's making that decision. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. After weeks of persisting and questioning and just constant feeding, I've decided he's much happier after bottle feed and fed is best. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're much happier as well. Yeah, like like you were saying before, there's there's no... Feeding him, then 20 minutes later, him getting hungry because he didn't have enough. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, that shift to formula definitely made you more sane. Gave you a lot more spare time. Um, I think I say... Yeah, it gives you like a whole free hour. yeah. Yeah. What he would feed is relentless. Like, and I'm not saying it would happen for a couple of days through a growth spurt or anything like that. It was all the time, every day and through the nights. Um, he would only have maybe 10 minutes off yep. and then he would want to feed again. And I'm talking not one side. He would feed on both sides for about an hour. He would sit there properly feeding. And I had multiple people question, oh, but he's just he's just sitting there. And I'm like, no, he. you watch him. He is fully latched feeding for an hour. He'd be off for 10, 20 minutes, mm. and then he would want to sit on for another hour. Yeah. And it was relentless. You do that for weeks on end, and it is death. <laughs> Just got something here. So as self-conscious as you were with your body, yeah. if I came up to you and said, you look amazing, I don't know what you're talking about. What goes through your mind when I say that? Oh, me having a downward spiral. Yeah. And was it, so, was so it you, you saying it? Um, 
I don't know. It doesn't say, but... It's good now that you're actually confused by what I'm saying because it means it doesn't affect you as much anymore. But I know that comment. Yeah. And it sucks. So you and have- being a, a, I guess, a smaller person, and a lot of the people I know these days don't know, I guess, that I had quite a bigger stage and, and have had... Um, quite a few ups and downs in terms of weight loss and yep. very unhealthy eating habits in both directions. Um, so a lot of the time I, you know, being a smaller person to begin with, a lot of people will make these assumptions that because you might be wearing clothes that you have specifically picked out that hide different things or you haven't left the house in weeks and stuff like that, um, I would find that I would be in a bad headspace and I would constantly get comments that are like, oh, you're you're tiny, I don't know what you're talking about or you look great, like I don't know what you're talking about. And it was almost like a you don't have the right to feel the way you feel. Yeah. You or, you know, even like you you would say it and it would try to be an uplifting thing, but I'd be like, you're not listening to what I'm saying. I'm saying that I don't feel good or I'm saying that these pants don't fit me or they don't feel nice or I feel like shit. And people would and still will come out with, you're tiny. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because obviously – I don't have the right to not feel good, yeah, apparently. Exactly. Well, in the last sentence, you go, well, that doesn't matter because you should just be happy because, in quotations, you look great. Yes. And that is a perception of, I guess, people – well, some people are trying to be nice and some people are trying to be like, yeah, you yeah, look yeah. great, don't whine. Yeah, or just saying it as a sort of comment to be like, yeah. Yeah, don't 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 whine. whine. Yeah. You have no reason to whine. You have no right to whine, or you have no right to feel the way you feel. Yeah. Basically, and, and don't get us wrong. Sometimes it can be like a genuine comment yes. and be like, "Oh my god, you look amazing!" Like, so don't take every one of those comments as a bad thing. But yeah, I guess because you wrote about it, you definitely had that feeling of it's a constant. Even now, like I'll sometimes say things like, "Oh." you know, I feel so bloated and big or um, puffy or whatever. Um, Periods affect me so much worse since having kids than in terms of um, bloating and that sort of thing. Um, Even pain-wise, they're so much worse than they ever used to be. Um, And so that sort of thing really affects me and and affects the way I feel. Mm. And I'll make comments, little minor comments that don't need a comment back necessarily but if they get a comment back that's like and you know oh you don't have the right to feel that way or you know shut up kind of thing (laughs) it it does affect me very negatively and it's very much like a oh you're fit you know you bounced back in quotation marks when i very much didn't bounce back um i worked fucking hard and it's very much like a you have no right yep. to say that you feel bloated. You have no right to say that you feel unhappy or whatever. Because you look good. Because in my opinion of you, you look better than maybe someone else or whatever. Yeah. But that doesn't change the way that you feel. And it's such a shit comment to make to someone, especially after they've had a kid and might be feeling like I felt in a lot of these. Yeah. 
And like I said, some of the comments are from, like, you would make that comment and it's very much a, you look great. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, it, it is. I, it's just a it's just a sideways sort of brush off comment. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it's not an acceptance. And I'm guilty of it. Of course of, I am. Okay. You're not saying that. You're saying you feel these ways. Yeah. And that's okay. And yeah. let's talk about how you feel. That's, you're accepted to, like, you're allowed to feel these ways. Yeah. Um, so you obviously had a big mental day today because you've done three bloody entries <laughs> on the same day. <laughs> so you say, fuck, it's hard to be mum. The one that settles, the one that packs the bags and picks the clothes. The one that makes the bed and stores, sorts the drawers, preps the food and bags and sorts the dirty and the clean. The one they want when they're sad and need things when they're hurt. You cook, play and clean and settle and settle and feed and play and clean and comfort and comfort. It's uh, it's long and draining and also the best job in the world. You care so much that you can't help but want every bit of their lives and needs, but fuck, it's draining and far out. It's so confronting to lose yourself and bits of who you are. You give everything for these little creatures, but it's hard on every single part of you. Yeah. Do you think that's more exaggerated... Um, because we are a FIFO family. And yes and no. You're sort of because like, I know you do it anyway when I am home. Like you still double check all the bags that I've packed and well, I ch- guess chase, then- change the kids' clothes after I've got them dressed. But you are when I'm away, you are forced to do those things as a basically by yourself. I think um in terms of FIFO it's it's more the fact that it's ingrained in us that I do it. Yeah. Um, and so that in that regard, yes, like um, it's just at how our personalities work. We keep that structure. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, it falls on me even when you're home and it just works that way so that when you leave, it's not such a shock to the system. And, and that's kind of, I, th- I don't, we haven't done it deliberately. That's just how we've developed um and then it's never such a shock to the system like oh my god Boyd used to do this and now he's left for the week and I don't know how to do it it's the opposite yeah it's I do this all the time and then if I leave for some reason it's a shock to your system exactly yep but that's okay because that's not a regular thing um but I think that would be most mums I don't know like yes FIFO probably affects us a little bit more or differently? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say differently. Yeah, I wouldn't say more or less, but definitely differently. Differently. Yeah. And um, but I, I think that is just that mum figure. And if you're yeah. a stay-at-home dad and the mum goes off to work, then that's you too. Yeah. It's that person that is home and does all of these things, um, and is that person for their kids. Yeah. And you go, you say how the kids are always sort of. They always look for mum when they're sad or upset. Yeah. Dad gets the easy gig. That is, he's the fun one to play with, well, the one that throws them around. And It's often kind of disheartening because when the kids are happy, they'll often be like, sweet, dad's home. I'm so happy. Let's go do yep. this fun thing. And I often miss out on that because it's so exciting when you're home. Yeah. So that's the fun thing. And they don't need me for the fun thing anymore. They only need me for the sad parts. Yeah. But that goes along with what we were talking about before by appreciating appreciating what you have in the moment. Like mm. I can, I definitely 
understand where you're coming from on that side of things, but you are the one that they look to when they are feeling low. Yeah. And, you know, in, in many years' times, you know, they have a breakup with a girlfriend or boyfriend and, you know, you could be the one that they come crying to and but it's just, that confide in. It just is the way it is and yeah. that's, that's, yeah, that's how we feel. Yeah. Well, how I feel, I should say. Yeah, I, I like that you did You did put a, a positive spin on it as well because as hard as it can be, they're the best things that have happened to us. Mm, like yeah. having kids is the ultimate sacrifice, but it's the best sacrifice you ever make. For personally? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, for us, of, of course, yeah. yeah. You know, I wouldn't change it for the world. What's the next one? Next one, still on the same day, mate. <laughs> Lonely, but absolutely never ever alone. So, yeah, we've um, I reckon we've covered this one as well. But you're feeling lonely. Oh, did you want me to read it? Make it. Yeah. Or no, you, you read it. Me, me yeah. read it. Okay. Yeah. Lonely, but absolutely never ever alone. The feeling of loneliness when you are far from alone is something so hard to understand. You are under constant watch, criticism, children, partners, family. Some love, some loving. Some skeptical. You are never alone and your brain doesn't have an off switch. A constant rotation of interaction and yet sometimes it is the loneliest times you've ever felt. Yeah. I guess when I hear that first line, the first thing I think of is because obviously, you know, you can't communicate properly with the kids on a adult level. Mm. So, you don't have that form of communication. So, you're definitely not alone because you've got those those two always with you. But- you're lonely because you don't get to have that, you know, one-on-one time with another adult. You don't get to have those intelligent conversations. And I think even then when you do, it's so hard to interact with someone because you're so fucking tired. Or you're watching one of your kids. Yeah. Make sure one of your kids don't kill themselves in the background, you know, playing. Or they're upset. So you're sitting there like patting them or feeding them or rocking them or, or anything under the sun. Yeah. And you're trying to have this adult conversation and it's just, it's so draining to try and, be a person on yeah. top of being a parent. Yeah. And the other thing I get from that, like you reading that is where you're not alone is like you were saying before, the the scrutiny of, you know, all these social media and everything. You, you, you're not alone. If you post something on social media, you, you're not alone. You're either going to, people are going to love it. They're going to give you support mm. or they're going to scrutinize you and um, make their judgments. But so. I think even like family is very um, scrutinizing, um, and I guess we have we have weird family um, structure. W- yeah, we have a weird family structure, and that's something that is very heavily will he- very heavily impacts my mental health, yeah. um, especially through the early stages of having babies. Each time has very much, um, yeah, yeah, weighed on my mental health, and I think that is you know by saying under constant constant watch and criticism, um, some loving, some sceptical. Yeah. It's just – and yeah, half of it probably you put on yourself. Like half of it I'm probably overthinking things. Yeah. Um, but it's but one small comment could lead to, you know, 10, 20 bad thoughts. Yeah, and it's so hard for you to let your guard down. Like you can't – feel like you can't completely be yourself or – Yeah, definitely. Guard up. Definitely. Yeah. Anything more to say about no, that one? No, no, I think I think I mean I actually think the you know the entries themselves say a fair so, bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Another shit show. We won't go through that. It's just another shit show. Just another day. Just another day of you having zero energy and the kids being little shits. Yeah. Sometimes the you're doing great or you're such a good mum doesn't cut it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I think that might be referring to me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, yeah, there you go. Sometimes your husband says things like, oh, yeah, I could definitely do everything you do. When really it should have been said like, oh, yeah, that w- I can't even imagine how that would be. I'd, I'd be able to do it, but the house might be a mess and I'd probably drop a lot of things and be ready for you to come home. But at least the kids would be happy, fed and healthy. Yeah, like that's what I wish you would say. Yeah, Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So having the first, like you've said, the first part of understanding is realizing you don't understand. You don't, yes. Yeah. And I think you've said it to me a few times. Oh, I um, I could. Oh, yeah. You've said it to me so many times, actually. I could definitely do it. Yeah. And I've been like, that is not the comment. Like that is so not the comment that yeah. you needed to say right then and there. Yeah. Because firstly, I'm very aware that you couldn't do it. I would still pack all the bags. I would still set the schedule. And then maybe you might do it. Yeah. Well, like you said, yeah, I could, I could definitely do it, but it would be a shit show. Yeah. And you know, I'd, and that's what I would rather you say. Yeah. Yes. If something happened, I can take over. You don't need to worry. Yeah. Oh, like of course. But like, of course, I could. Yeah. You know, and, I, yeah. I, I would adapt. But you know, it, I might get it perfect. Well, no one gets it perfect, but I might get it to what you can do eventually. Yeah. But that's the comment that needs to be said. Yeah. If if something happened, yes, I could definitely make it work. It won't be flawless and it won't be your kind of management. But, yes, I could make it work if I needed to. But the comment of I could definitely do what you do yeah. is very underappreciating. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that – um. Episode we did a few ones back, so yeah. it covers that. Yeah, definitely. My dad at home with the kids. So yeah, I, yeah, I did it, but I could definitely see glimpses glimpses of the bad shit that you have to go through every day, kind of thing. Yeah, but that's just glimpses. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, I think you should read this one. I should read it. Yeah, I oh won't say it now. So this is the last one that you've written. So Ted was just about six months, nearly six months at this stage. Friends and family, I am sorry if it ever feels like I'm not there or I haven't messaged or called. I think about you all every day, but I am tired and I'm doing everything I can each day just to get through each day. Each day I cook and clean and I'm a slave to my two beautiful tiny humans. My head explodes every day and ex- of with anxiety of am I doing enough? I should message that person, but also it's been a while. I should apologize for be- for it being a while, but also I've been crazy with my kids, but I should still have made effort. But they haven't messaged me either, but maybe I did something to offend them. I don't know what, may- maybe it's because I haven't messaged and maybe I should apologize for being busy and tired, but I'm too tired to deal with that. And also if I set up a catch up, that's getting ready two kids and getting ready with two kids and being out in public with two kids how will they behave how much will I even get to talk to these people I will be so tired after that and then I'll fall behind on stuff in the house and then it takes me a week to catch back up on the house I'll just stay in so how do you feel after reading that I think that's still my life still your life 
without the apology. I think it's at the point now where it's a yeah, we're sorry, but our kids come first. They always come first, and it's not so much even the kids. It's my mental health. Obviously, yeah. reading that back, that is something that is. Yes, I have two kids, but that's my mental health that's struggling and suffering. Yeah. Um, that's that's riddled with anxiety and wanting to not offend or upset other people and then thinking maybe I've already done that. Sounds like a lot of paranoia in there, like you Isn't that anxiety? Yeah, of course, yeah. But you yeah, it it seems like you assume what people are gonna think and then you make your judgments on your assumptions. But then it's also a back and forth of I say in that they haven't messaged me and then I'm like, oh, but maybe I did something. And it's, I don't know. And how how are the kids going to act in public? Will I even get to talk to my friends? And it's a a constant juggle. Like even I don't don't take both of the kids out to see my friends individually, which is a luxury that I have. Like anytime we go out, I've always got you. By my side to help. And yeah, or you go I, out and I have the kids. Yeah, exactly. That's not something that you no, ever have to I do. I don't ever take the kid. Like, there's times where I have the kids by myself and, you know, you might go out somewhere for an hour or two, but I never take the kids out somewhere to see yeah. my friends by myself. You don't take them to the pub for no. your catch-up with your boys. No. But that's something that I have to do. Um, and I think that is definitely a FIFO thing because for sure. that's something that if you were home, say, 6 p.m. at night, I could say, right, I'm going out for dinner. Yep. But that's not something that we do because when you are home, we only get so many nights and that's a struggle. And then when you're not home, I have to do that by myself. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That just sounds like, you know, I definitely have a lot less, less anxiety and a lot less I guess care and more if you want to you know if you know me if you want to be that person with me then you have that understanding um but I'm also just severely drained and tired all the time and sometimes I think I need to reply to that message and then two weeks go past and I'm like what the fuck Kaylee like how did you let that slip and you're (laughs) like and then I'm like because I'm so fucking tired that I thought about it at a time where I could not reply and then I never remembered it again because yeah. I have two children that destroyed my brain cells. Yeah, it's it's hard. Like we all, we all go through those moments where you open up a message and you go to reply and you get distracted and you just, it doesn't end up happening. But chuck two kids into the mix and yeah, it makes it worse. Yeah. Like, you did, yeah. Anyway, you did have a lot of other, oh, not a lot, but you had a few other things that you wrote down, but I think a lot of them are actually individual topics and episodes. Okay, right. In themselves, which we'll get to. But reading or going through all this, how are you feeling now compared to back then? Oh, compared to back then. Yeah. Obviously, I am my own person now. Um, Scarlett gave us a run for our money today. Um, we've had a pretty draining day. Yep. Um, but in terms of just a whole, um, I definitely think I I am I in oh gosh, a very different place. Um I've got my fitness, I've got my 
um, food. I think another thing is when you've just had a kid, everyone has a say on what you eat, when you eat, how much you eat. And you get constantly ridiculed about you're not eating enough. Oh, my God, you're eating too much because clearly you haven't lost enough weight yet. And it's just... Oh, a, but, but you look great, babe. You yeah. Can do whatever you want. You look great. But it's just this constant... I don't even know the word I'm trying to say there, but, like, it's this constant overload. And I think, yeah, finally now um, I, am, I am my own person. Yes, I am a crazy mum of two first. Um but, yeah, I get to – you and I have a very open, communicative relationship, um, which falls short when you have a newborn. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've found ourselves there. We get our relationship sexually and physically, mentally is at a peak again rather than the low point that it was when I was going – and writing this. And obviously I stopped that at about six months. So I didn't do it for very long. It was really just those overloads of bad emotions that I needed yeah. to put on paper and not speak about not them. Not bottle up and then explode at, yeah. at some point anyway. Yeah. But yeah, just yeah, going to you, you've it's less than a year and you've grown so much since then as a person. Mm, yeah, and definitely. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. No. Honestly. Mm. Nah, genuinely I am. It's um Reading some of the stuff you wrote then and then seeing you now and how you would react to some of those situations, it's it's massive. And I think we're at a very healthy point in our relationship at the moment um, with it, not just each other but our kids. and Just learning and growing and yeah. liking to accept that, um, you know, we're not always going to agree and we're going to have disagreements and whatnot, but that's part of us learning and growing because we don't hold anything in. We express it and yep. we let each other know how we feel. But um, I did just want to ask, how do you feel about this topic? And going through all of these, we've just spoken about it all. How do you feel about the past? And, yeah. Yeah, well, um, well just in Teddy in particular? Like what yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like actually – reading me reading it us discussing where i was at and how how do you feel about maybe missing a few signs and oh obviously i was um yeah like as as much of as i say you've grown i think i have as well in recognizing some of these things and i don't know why show it but sort of appreciating what you do and what you have done yeah for all of us um i kind of wish that i did this sort of thing myself i think i tried it but you say journaling is not for you, but it's definitely not for me Yeah, by, by any means. Like I, I did, I reckon I might have done one or two little, wrote a few things down, but yeah, it's it's not for me, but it's really good having an insight into actually how you felt back then and yeah. looking back on it because it really puts into perspective how fortunate we are today to have such a healthy relationship and healthy life. Yeah. And it's only getting better for us for the things that we're putting into place now and the future, so. Yeah. I think um, another thing to say is just how easily these thoughts and feelings can creep up on you. And like I said, after Scarlet, you know, maybe I had a few lows and stuff like that, but I never really felt completely not not like a person. Yeah. Um, and I definitely felt that way after Ted. And um, it's a bit of a shock to kind of go, I didn't feel this way 
before. Yeah. Why do I feel this way now? Um, and I think a big thing for me was, you know, at that two-week mark, acknowledging and realizing something feels wrong. I want to write it. I want to get it out of my con- like conscious just a little bit, even if it didn't work. I wanted to try it. And obviously it did work for me, just writing it down, getting it out of my body in any way I could, and then growing from it. Yep. But, yeah, like I said, journaling really isn't for me, but this did work. Exactly, yeah. It's um, been very insightful and um, sort of even just, yeah, doing this last hour and reading through it, it's sort of been an eye-opener for how lucky we are. Yeah. Says. Well, not how lucky. It's, it, no, it hasn't been luck at all. Sorry. it's um, How much we've grown. How much we've grown, yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. What do you reckon? You got anything else to say on this topic or no i think we're good i think um i think we might go and have a i'm gonna go have a milo because can't go on for a wine yeah i might have a milo as well we're gonna go have milo and watch something a bit better i reckon hope hope, um this wasn't too much yeah i hope hope it was um insightful and not too sad (laughs) yeah or monotonous or if it was yeah, let us know. We we're not scared. We don't or if bite. you felt these ways, or you're feeling them now, please like you know reach out to someone. Reach out to us if you like. Um, yeah, the best way to get hold of us is on Instagram. We've got a page on there at Just a FIFO Fam. So our inboxes are always open. Um, there's links to our personal accounts as well. If you feel more comfortable um, hitting us up one on one, but um, yeah. I mean, if you target a certain person, we're we're gonna respond. Our certain person <laughs> yeah. in the FIFO page, like we're gonna know who you're talking to. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully, if you feel this way, feel free to talk to someone you know, talk to someone you don't know, or journal it, write it down. But these feelings are normal. Um, yeah. In terms of people feel this way, you're not alone. But. Don't suffer in them. Don't suffer in silence or, you know, don't bother them up. Get them out somehow, whether it's verbally or on paper. Yeah. But yeah, we're babbling. So. We're babbling. We'll probably cut this out. Um, yeah. Go have a Milo. Yeah. Go have your Milo. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. See ya.